Hello and welcome to The Earful Runner, a podcast devoted to telling the stories of the vibrant community of runners who come to race in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary and I am really excited to be talking about one of the most well-known Disney running events today. And I'm Emily. After completing this well-known event, I'm really excited to talk with another esteemed finisher and get her take on it as well. That is right, folks. Today on this episode, we'll be talking about a hallmark of the Disney Race Weekend Achievement, the Dopey Challenge. This 48.6 mile odyssey includes a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon on consecutive days. There's a reason they named it the Dopey Challenge. (laughs) Indeed. The very first Dopey Challenge took place in 2014 and over 6,300 people finished that year. Since then, over 600 people have achieved perfectly dopey status, completing the challenge each year since the very first one. In 2018 alone, it estimated that close to 7,800 people participated in the dopey challenge. Oh, it had to be that 25th anniversary medal, right? Oh, yeah. That had to be with that, yeah. Is that the one with the gem (laughs) eyes? It might be. I know it's got a spinner in the middle. That's going to be the medals of our live episode. That might actually even have to be a vlog. So today we are talking with our good friend, Jenna Lee, who has completed the Dopey Challenge multiple times. Jenna Lee, welcome to our show. Hi, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. First, we'd like to know a little bit about you and your running. Tell us how you got started and what you enjoy most about this sport. I used to run in high school like track and field a little bit. It wasn't anything crazy, just having some fun. My old track coach used to call me bulldog because I would try everything and just keep persistent. And he would put me in different events just to see like randomly what I would like to do. And eventually I ended up in the 800 meter, which then fast forward to 2005, uh, I got this little mailer in the mail. I was bartending, started working at Motorola. I was still very young and Set this flyer that said, come join us for the American Stroke Association. And so I joined and I went to my first race, which was in San Diego. It would have been the Rock and Roll San Diego for a full marathon. I was bartending super late nights. So of course I didn't, I didn't know what it went to train for a marathon. I went to some running events and some running clubs and I did an 18 miler of on no sleep. (laughs) I um, bartended throughout the night, went home, showered and went straight to an 18 mile run. So that was my first experience with the long run. <laughs> Unbelievable. Straight from eight to 18. Yeah, it was, um, it was interesting to, to say the least and ended up going to San Diego. I had never really even run and I don't even think I ran like a, an organized five or 10 K at that point. Went straight for the gold and um, we were in the corrals, (laughs) in the corrals. And I was with some of the people that I did know from the running group I attended and super scared, super nervous. This is one of the races where the bathroom support bodies are outside the corrals. So ended up, you know, they were like, you're going to lose us. You're going to lose us. And I had to go to the bathroom so bad because I was so nervous and ended up going. And then I lost my entire group. No. And I finally, yeah, <laughs> I met up with one girl. I did find someone finally, like right as we were across, ready to cross the start line, I was petrified. I was like, what did I do? To, like, why did I do this? This is so crazy. What am I doing? And she's like, well, I'm going to walk. And I was like, okay. So I ended up walking the first eight miles. And finally, I just had an itch where I was like, I got to go. I got to, I got to just start running. And so I started running and I ended up making it to mile 23 and ended up meeting a girl who was actually also from Florida. Cause this is when I lived in, in South Florida before I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And so we ran, walked the last three miles and it was, it was lovely. Like she kept me going, kept me, you know, kept me motivated and 
it was not a great race. It was, you know, it was a very slow time and I was okay with it because I finished. I wasn't even as bad as I thought, you know, I didn't have many, I had a couple blisters, but nothing crazy. And I was like, you know, I want to do this again. <laughs> so I signed up for the Phoenix rock and roll half marathon and convinced two of my friends from Kansas because another friend of ours lived in Phoenix. And so then that was my second race. And then it just kind of went uphill from there. I actually looked up and I've done 35 halves and eight fulls. So yes, girl. I like it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. That's awesome. And thank you. So that's how I got my start. <laughs> wow. So there's two things that really jump out at me there, generally. Number one, just dive in at the deep end, right? We're just going to mm -hmm. go right to the yeah. marathon. And also... <laughs> The rock and roll. So you kind of already had it in your head that like large, cool, shiny metals might be a really groovy idea, right? That was kind of... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, and I know you've, you've lived in a couple places. You mentioned South Florida and Southern California and, and New York, obviously where we know you from. What drew you to the Dopey Challenge? I moved down to Florida in 2018, November of 2018. Mm -hmm. And before that, I had kind of contemplated it like that March, April. I just saw I either got an email because my very first Disney race was Princess in I think 2016. Okay. And I was I got an email or I saw somebody post about it. I honestly don't remember where I saw it. And I was at work one day and this is when I um, worked on an open office floor plan. And I stood up and I was like, Andrea, I'm going to run this race. And she's like, what? And I'm like, look at this. And she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> and I'm like, probably, but it looks like fun. She's like, you're insane. I was like, that even makes me want to do it more. Yes. So I signed up. There's that bulldog <laughs> like, determination again. There it is. Exactly. I signed up and I printed a couple pictures of Dopey, put them in my cubicle. And everyone's like, you're really going to do that, huh? And I was like, well, I signed up and paid a whole bunch of money now. So yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> So I then I, at that time, I kind of knew I was moving. It wasn't for sure, for sure. But I was like, why not? I can go to Disney. I've really only been twice in my life. The one time was Princess. And then I think I went when my brother was little, when I was, I think we just went to Magic Kingdom when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, why not? Like, why not? You know, I do other fun things. This will be just another like runcation. And so that's what got me into doing it. And when I moved here, I was like, well, I have to do it now. <laughs> I live here. So um, it's, yeah. And the 3 a.m. was a little nerve wracking at first. I was like, I have to get up when? <laughs> I have to be there when? <laughs> I'm used to um, living in Central, like right off of Central Park and running and starting races, you know, like waking up 20 minutes before I need to be there. So it's quite a change from that. Oh, I, I that, that first, that first <laughs> wake up call when you set that alarm for 2.30 or 3 a.m. And uh, Perhaps mm -hmm. you're like me and you've called Disney and asked for a wake-up service and you accidentally get Stitch on the wake-up call. You realize, <laughs> yes, I won't even begin to approximate it because it'll hurt everybody's ears, but you all know how Stitch sounds. Now just imagine him yelling, wakey, wakey at 2.30 in the morning and you understand <laughs> the gravity of the mistake that I made. So yes, indeed. And we will definitely get into those early AM wake up calls and sort of the, the business of, of running and racing every day. I'm curious, Emily, how did you, because you obviously don't live in Florida, what drew you to the Dopey Challenge? So I went down, so my, my aunt lives like spitting distance from Magic Kingdom. Like we can watch the fireworks from her driveway. And so we had oh, started life goals. Yeah. We had started spending <laughs> Christmases in Florida because it's warmer there. And so I made the goal. I was going to do the 2016 half marathon when I did it. And I'm watching these people and I'm like, this is insane. 
you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do this ever. <laughs> so, so, then so I we did, all said, I did my first challenge yeah. in Disneyland that same year. I did the Dumbo double dare, which is a 10 K and a half. And I was like, okay, like that wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Granted, I had like not adjusted to West coast time. So five 30 was actually eight 30 in the time zone my body was on. So I've cheated that a little bit. But I was like, okay, so then in 2017, I went back down for marathon weekend and I just did the 10K. And I was there with my roommate at the time. And I was like, Emily, I'm going to do it. I also lived with another girl named Emily. Yeah. I was like, Emily, I'm going to do it. Dopey 2019. I had like given myself a buffer year because I knew I was running the 2017 New York City Marathon. So I didn't want to do two marathons that close together. So I was like, Dopey 2019. And I was like, kind of joking, kind of serious. And then I went down in 2018, which is the year that Mary did Dopey, and it was colder than crap. Coldest year ever, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. And I was like, all oh. right, Dopey 2019, like it's happening. We're going to do it. And then I signed up for it while I was running across the country because I was like, if I can run across the country, I can definitely do this Dopey Challenge. Not the best perspective to have, but that was where I was at at the moment. <laughs> So I signed up and I was like, I'm going to do it. And so then T Dopey 2019 became like an actual thing that I decided to do. And I was like, I'm never doing this ever again. But here we are planning Dopey <laughs> 2021. So, you know, never, never say never, right? Never um, say never. That's what I did. I said never again after uh, 2019. And then a friend of mine down here was like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, what? I said no, but, and she's like, just sign up. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to sign up. And then I go, wait, after I hit click and yes, I was like, what did I just do again? Mary, what about you? You like running long distances and torturing yourself. Well, yes. And I suppose <laughs> that's a whole other episode <laughs> for sure. But uh, I, I had run the Disney half and I ran uh, in 2007 and then I had run, I think the fifth anniversary of Goofy's race and a half challenge in 2010. At that point, uh, Dopey was still four years in the offing. So nobody had even, you know, people had sort of joked, oh, well, you know, if they added more races, you could just do more races. And I thought at that point, like getting like more than two mornings into an Epcot parking lot at 3 a.m. would just be more than anybody could really feasibly handle. But when I had to go in 2018, I found out sort of late 2017 and I was coming off 100 miler fitness from 200 milers earlier in the year. That's two 100 mile races, not, not to confuse anybody. I thought, oh, well, you know, I've got the fitness. I can, I can roll through and do this. And it was so much different than I expected. It was completely joyful. But by the time I got to Monday and didn't have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, I thought, wow, this was a whole other type of challenge. Like it really tested me in a different way. And I appreciated it. Yeah, I was pissed off on Monday when I was like, I'm asleep in. And my body was like, nope, 530 wide awake. Let's go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Same. That definitely happened yeah, well, to you too. Four, yeah. I was like, what is Four happening? days in a row. Here we go. So yeah, we're not doing it like, again. What? There's <laughs> not like a 50 miler at the end of this? What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, 24 hours of Disney. My Emily thinks I'm kidding. So <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> so I'd love to know a little bit more about how you both approached training for this event. I, I just, to be very honest, had capitalized on the fitness that I had built up over the course of that particular year. And I just sort of showed up and, and did it. I'm extremely fortunate to be able to do that. I realized that that's not 
most people's experience. So, so tell me a little bit about how you trained generally and, and sort of like, and how you approached it. And then I'd love to know if that approach changed from year to year and how you approached it. Um, the first year I was definitely a lot more trained. Uh, I didn't do a formal training program. I like you a little bit as have been fortunate that my body just has this muscle memory that when I go out and run, it just likes mm-hmm. to run. I did a lot of Barry's boot camp, a lot of the short running sprints, interval distance, a lot of weight training. I did a lot of, I did a couple challenges too, that were probably not very smart in between, right? Like before that, where they did like the 20 classes in 30 days. So a lot of that really seemed to help me. I'd go out for runs when I was just, and I'm not, I like to, I love to run and I love to run by myself. I'm not really a good like community runner. It's with running with people because I'm very, you know, I I go fast and I go slow. Then I'm at my own pace and it's hard for me to keep pace with someone else. And so I would go running a lot by myself, but I worked a lot that year. Um, I was working so much that year. I was on five shows. That was the year the job ate your life. I remember that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I didn't train like I should have, but it just, I would go out and run runs in Central Park, like six miles here. I think the most I actually did was probably a, a half marathon. I used a lot of races to train, which I know is probably not a good idea. But I did it. And I honestly didn't feel so bad. Like the first day, I actually PR'd my 5K. Wow. <laughs> Which is probably not the best If you PR'd your Disney race, like that's impressive. <laughs> also knowing she's got three well, I got more, lucky. right? Like, oh, okay. Whoops. Yeah. No. I don't know what happened. It's, I got to the very front of a corral and I was able to take wow. off. That was, I think, the key is when you're, you know, if you're starting in, in a corral in the middle or the back, like in your wave, it's a little bit tougher. But yeah, I, I was in the very front. And I was like, I feel great. Like that day I was just pumped. Like I'd, I'd run a Disney race before, but I didn't submit proof of time. So I was in the very back. So I didn't have a chance to like, you know, really take mm-hmm. off and run. So I was like, this is awesome. It's like, I feel good. I, I'm ready to do this. And I did. I didn't stop for any character pictures that very first one. And but I just took off and I had so much fun flying through Epcot, like all the music, like I'm like, this is great. You know, it was just something I hadn't experienced before really. And then this year <laughs> I'd moved. So the previous year I lived in New York and didn't, you know, you, you walk a lot in New York, you, you know, you're on your feet a lot. Like I was, I did, um, my job had converted to standing desk. So I stood a lot at work that definitely helped. Um, because this last year living in Florida, my fitness is kind of yo-yoed a little where I get a little lazy. I have a car now, so I don't walk as much as I used to. I've converted to orange theory because I don't have a Barry's boot camp down here. So I've gone to some of those classes, but my training has not been what it should be. And I probably shouldn't have done dopey this last year because it was a struggle. It was tough. It definitely, I used a lot of mental strength for this year. I did have two friends who, sorry, who, um, in the marathon, I actually ran, walked with, and that I'm I'm convinced that's the only reason I survived this year through the whole. Well, I didn't know Jenna Lee was doing dopey this year. When I texted her at the beginning of the weekend, she was like, I'm running the 5k and the 10k. And I was like, great, I'll see you at the 10k. (laughs) <laughs> and then like I'm standing on the bridge in Epcot at like 25 of the marathon. And she's like, Emily, hey, <laughs> just happened to be here. Just happened what? to be right. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if I was going to actually do it. I was like, you know, you paid for it. You love running the Disney. Let's just go see what you can do. And I have a friend here who was like, just try it. You can always, you know, I can come get you. We can find you. You can, you know, get a bus. You can, you don't have to finish it. If you don't finish it, you don't. But if you don't try, you're not, you know 
you're not going to be happy. So just go and try. And that motivation, like it was a lot of mental because it was hot out there for the marathon this year. So, so I've heard a lot about the temperatures this past year. What was the deal on, on marathon day? I've heard numbers as high as 95, a real feel of 95. Yeah, I would say it was that the problem in the morning was because of all the construction, they've had to reroute. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but they had to reroute the marathon and reroute some of the roads for parking. So there were people still trying to park when we were supposed to start. And yeah, it was really, really not a good year this for that. (laughs) So they delayed it. I think it ended up being delayed 20 minutes because we did a a loop in the parking lot and came back to the start lines. We came back to the start lines at like mile four. So that from the very beginning, everybody's in their corrals for another 20 minutes. Everybody's like, okay. And it was already super hot and humid. By the time we got over to what would have been Blizzard Beach, they actually shortened the race (laughs) and and they called it. They were like, if you're not here by this time, you know, you're cutting Blizzard Beach off and going to the finish from there. And so it was rough. It was really, really hot. And there was there was quite a bit of water, but it was very warm because it was so hot Mm -hmm. outside (laughs) that it wasn't even refreshing. So it was it was definitely a much bigger change than the previous year when I did 2019. I compare it to where I swear we had all four seasons. We did, definitely. We, like, the first day was like winter, and then it became fall, then it was spring, and my marathon day, it was summer, but it was no, no comparison. This year was this interesting year. to spectate, because by, like, I watched from Main Street, and then I watched again from Epcot, and Main Street, like, people were still looking like they were enjoying themselves. I saw some, you know, tears and excitedness to see the castle, and then by World Showcase, it was like people with ice bags on their head. And it was just everyone looked like they wanted to die. They just had it at that point. Like, I'd just, like to oh, be done. It was so it was so rough. Yeah. Well, they gave us they gave us the ice bags right before we went into Hollywood Studios. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And like people were dumping it over their heads. They were putting it in their sports bras. They had them around their necks. Like the, the ice packs were a big hit, which we didn't have that. The yeah, we, they, we had cold towels, I, I think, somewhere in Wide World of Sports the year before, which I was very excited about. Or like sponges or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was it was a drink half the cup, dump half the cup down your back kind of year also. Yeah. especially on that stretch around wide world of sports right because it's just you're just on the highway and there's nothing on either side for several miles which is no longer part of the course do that this year yeah we didn't do that this year there was no wide world of sports which i was kind of bummed because i got so many of my character pictures the year before yeah me too in wide world of sports i got goofy mini like it was great and i was having a ball because when you run on the track i think for 100 meters it was just a change of scenery and change of pace change of everything where it kind of then yes it was that terrible stretch of highway with nothing on it but at least that like gave you the a jump of adrenaline but this year we didn't oh, so do that, that must have been the blizzard beach it reroute was, that you didn't yeah. end up doing anyways yeah. interesting yeah. but mary you did it when it was like <laughs> freezing the first three days and like perfect on the last day Yes, the last day was very comfortable. The first day I wore my Chewbacca suit to the start line for a 5K because I was working with a a charity team and each of us was working with an individual athlete that was participating in the 5K. And I had fully intended to take the suit off because I had all my stuff on underneath (laughs) and put it in the tent by the start line. And then I realized that I was far too cold to do that. And my athlete was 
feeling a little under the weather. So she wasn't going to be really running hard. So all of our pictures from World Showcase, um, from Spaceship Earth, I'm wearing the Chewbacca suit next to her. And so (laughs) that became my strategy for the first three days was to wear the Chewbacca suit to the start line. I didn't use it for the 10K and the half, but the bus driver from Coronado Springs laughed every morning that he saw me because I was standing at the bus stop with a ceramic mug of coffee and my (laughs) suit and the hood pulled up. And like on the third day, he just like opened the door. He's like, Chewy for the win. Look at you. (laughs) I was like, yes, but it was perfect because I had it in my bag for the last day. The last day was beautiful, but I was able to put the suit on like right after I finished. So dry clothes, warm, fuzzy suit. I was the happiest human in the universe cruising through Coronado Springs lobby with all of my medals and also like my big fuzzy suit. And I think I had a giant pretzel or something in my hand at that point in time. I was a very happy camper. I can picture it in my head and it Welcome. looks great. It lo- mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So talk to me <laughs> a little bit about what you both consider to be the hardest part of the challenge. Is it getting up every day? Is it the recovery? Is it the training? Is it sort of like the mental strength that's required? What do you think the toughest part is? Oh, I think the toughest part is, I think the whole thing is a mental challenge more than a physical challenge. If you train well, which like I didn't, that's fine. Uh, You know, getting to the end is a goal and I think achieved by almost everybody. But if you let your mind get you, then like you're done by the second day. If you realize like you're standing there at the half marathon start line and you're like, I have one more day of this and it's twice the distance that I'm going today. I think like if you sink into that too much, you're never going to make it. There was a guy at mile two of the full marathon who was like, don't be people, you're halfway there. And everyone around him was like, dude, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, this was not the the motivation we needed. Thank you. I think that for me was the hardest. Yeah, you're like, you're not halfway there until you're in the full marathon. Like you get a couple miles in and you're like, wait, we're now. Yeah, and I kind of ran like an idiot during the 10K. I have a tendency to run like an idiot in the 10K. Cause I get excited by world showcase. And then I like kind of hate myself by beach club. Cause I've gone too fast through world showcase. And so I, I stopped for like six <laughs> character photos during the 10 K and I still finished like under an hour. And I was like, wow. Oh, you're going to pay That's for amazing. this. <laughs> and I'd, sure enough, I was paying for it by, by the full marathon. So I think it's just about, I think the dopey challenge is not about PR. It's about Disney PRs. It's about running your absolute personal worst in order to just get through the weekend and enjoy it as much as you possibly can. My goal for dopey was to get a picture with Goofy during every race, which I did. And he has yet to repeat an outfit. Wow. I know. That is an impressive level of detail. Yeah. Goofy has an extensive (laughs) wardrobe. Generally, what would you say? Would you say that's sort of the mental side of things or would you say it's something else? I would say the mental. And then also, I since I do live in Florida now, in Orlando, I did not get a hotel room or anything close to the start line until mm-hmm. this year. So that first year I was waking up at two and driving out there and it was very, it was very mentally challenging. You know, I was up and I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. Maybe if I just lay back down and don't go, like, it's not that big a deal. And I was like, what are you doing? You paid for this. Go. You want to do the, you know, like with, as a friend of mine and I always say, we PR the fun at mm-hmm. the Disney races. 
PR the fun, the race, you know, the race is fun. Let's just have fun and get your, you know, if you want to get the character pictures, go have fun, just PR the fun. And so driving all the way out there, cause I live about 40 minutes from Disney. So that was, that was mentally challenging for me that first year. This year I did get a room. I stayed at a resort the last two days. So that definitely helps being much closer to the start line, not having to worry, oh, are we going to make it? We did drive. I didn't use the Disney transportation, which I would kind of recommend because I did have a friend who stayed all five days and she did, or all four days and stayed and used the Disney transportation to get to the start when she was there with Mm -hmm. enough time. The buses did have problems that marathon day this year. So hopefully they've learned the next year it won't be as difficult for everybody and there won't be a delayed start, but that was, I think the biggest thing for me was getting to that start line, not staying close to the start line. Then, you know, obviously like Emily said, when people are yelling that you're halfway there after the 10 K you're like, what are you, what? Not even close. (laughs) We are not even close there. Maybe day wise, but we are not halfway there. So those were the biggest for me. And then just keep going, you know, and just keep, keep putting one foot in front of the other and knowing that you're going to, you're going to get to the finish line one way or another. Even if I had to crawl, I was going to make it to that finish line. I love the dedication. I really do. And I think that's the part that is so impressive about both of you in that, you know, you both sort of had years where you felt like you trained really well and then years where you didn't. And there's definitely been times where you felt some races might've been a little too fast or a little, you know, perhaps not necessarily what we like to call FKTs, the funnest known times, but you persevered. (laughs) I'd be very curious to know, what did your recovery after the race each day look like? A nap and a dip in the hot tub and a lot of Mickey-shaped foods. Solid choice, solid choice. (laughs) Jenna Lee, how about you? Mine was a nap. I would take an Epsom salt bath because I was able to come home and then I would get in the hot tub every once in a while. But I'd also do a lot of the Mm self-massage with the rollers and work out my IT bands. And my calves get really tight when I run, so I was working those out and just trying to lay down and I was watching movies and eating popcorn. <laughs> good choices. Good choices. So I'd be curious to know also, would you recommend to people that are considering doing dopey in the future? Like what are some of the recommendations that you would give them? I noticed that in neither of your responses, did you say we suddenly we had the urge to go to animal kingdom and see everything in animal kingdom after the race. And we walked around for 10 hours. And I think for some people going to Disney, like they want that experience as well. They want to be able to to do a park day. What kind of tips or ideas would you share with them on that? Well, I have to say I did go to Magic Kingdom after the full marathon on the first year I did it. I could barely walk, but I got my picture with Goofy because I had all my medals and I did go, but it was rough. Um, my boyfriend's son ended up putting me in a wheelchair to carry me back oh, out no. of the parking lot. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it, was, it was more of a joke but it was I was like oh, this feels nice like I can't really walk anymore at that point I think I had 70,000 steps or something you know crazy high up there but yeah it's something you'd want to take some extra days to do the parks I, I think after the 5k if you were to you know you're like oh I have all this energy I can go I can do all these things and I don't recommend it because you will feel it by the time you get to day three. And yeah, day I agree with that. And I mean, Jenna Lee and I are both pass holders. So like, I think the urgency for us to go to the parks after is not quite as high as people are that are like, this is their, you know, one time Disney vacation. But I think the thing that helped me a lot was we scheduled brunch at Chef Mickey's at the Contemporary for after the marathon for like 2 p.m. on the day of the marathon. 
And the Good whole call. marathon, I was like, go for those Mickey waffles. You got to earn those Mickey waffles. Just get get <laughs> to the end and you can have a mimosa and some Mickey waffles. And I think that, like having something to see at the end of like light at the end of the tunnel was super helpful. And I did go to Magic Kingdom the next day with all my medals. And I was like, oh, I feel great. Like, this is awesome. Like, I'm doing great. I can walk around. And then I tried to get out of Space Mountain and it was like game over. I'm impressed like, that I'm impressed that you were able to fold yourself <laughs> into it because I would not have been getting in was okay. Really? It was similar to the like lo- having to lower yourself down on the toilet situation where you're like, okay, I have things to grab onto on both sides. Like we're good. I've got a reach pole. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like getting out, I think I just did the thing where I like kneeled myself on the like floor next to the car and like rolled out and was like, <laughs> all right, we're going home. I was like, we've done, we have done what we've accomplished. And I was also just feeling really sick after that because I was like, you just ran 48.6 miles in four days. And then you decided to ride a roller coaster in the dark and thought that that was like a good idea for your Um, well-being. Yeah. Yeah, And also that, you know, that you had several pounds of Mickey waffles still in your system. I could understand the challenge there. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't suggest that, but I definitely think if this is your like one and done Disney vacation, like try to plan a few extra days. Like don't buy as many park ticket days, you know, save them for when the races are over and you can show off your medals and enjoy it without the stress of being like, Oh, but I should go sit down because I have to do all this running. Cause then that takes away from your fun too. I think that's a great point. And I have to say one recommendation I did finally met Dopey because I didn't want to take the time in Magic Kingdom to wait the line by the time I got there because I am a slower runner. So I start much later than Emily and Mary. And so by the time I get to the characters, they're two miles long. <laughs> so I prefer to do the character pictures. I, I try to get them on the, the half and the full. And then I waited and a friend of mine and I went to the Wilderness Lodge and did the storybook dining. And I got to meet Dopey and, and one, as a character meet and great for with the dinner and that was like the highlight I, I felt like I was a kid my friend and I that ran it this year too we were both like that's such girls. cute dining <laughs> too if you haven't done the dining experience it's oh, so adorable so and it's so much fun yeah. but they recommend booking it about eight months in advance because I guess during dopey like during marathon weekend it's completely full and it fills up anywhere from six to eight months in advance so that is one tip that I was given when we dined because they were like, if you're going to do this again and you're running it again and you want to go right away, that's when you got to book it. Good so. to know. We're going to put that on the to-do list immediately. Em. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, so <laughs> one of the things that we enjoy doing is just kind of getting a perspective on, on people's favorites. It's, it tends to be a really fun way to kind of wrap up all of our conversations. So I'd be very interested to know what is your favorite character photo that you've gotten from a race generally? Uh, we understand Dopey obviously is the apex of character meet and greets, but <laughs> during the race, what's your favorite character photo you've gotten? I actually got a selfie with Pluto at the finish line of, I think, the half marathon in 2019. And it was my favorite because I took it myself with him. And it's just, it was a very quick because I was like, oh, I'm doing good on my time. I want to go get that that finish line. And I was probably 50 feet from the finish. And I was like, nope, I'm going to go get a selfie with Pluto. So that would be my favorite. And then I did, my second would be Goofy on the track in his little track suit. That is a cute Roma one. How about you, Em? <laughs> so... Mine has like kind of a little backstory. So when I was in high school, my first job ever, I was a 
parade performer and a show performer at Sesame Place in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my friends, when you want to move up in the theme park world, where do you go? Go to Orlando. You work at Universal and Disney and SeaWorld and all of those. So I was coming in to finish the full marathon and I kind of ran out of my way so that I could go high five Daisy. And I didn't stop for a photo, but luckily my mom captured one from the bleachers and I finished. And like a couple hours later, I get a message from one of my friends who I knew worked in entertainment at Disney, but just, you know, totally slipped my mind to ask her what she's been up to. And I get this message that says, Hey, did you run the Disney marathon today? And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I did. And I was racking my brain and I was like, okay, so like, there's like seven different locations where she could have been. And I was like, were you there? And she goes, yeah, I was hanging out with Daisy at the finish line. You looked great. Aww. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so amazing. Cool. Oh, yeah, and that's I was so, so upset cool. that I like didn't stop and take a picture. But my mom had captured a picture of me giving Daisy a high five at the end. And I had posted it on Facebook and I had like, you know, written a little message where I tagged her and I was like, her name is Jenna. I was like, hey, Jenna, Daisy looked fierce today. I know you would have been super proud. And all of our friends started to catch on and they were like, oh my gosh, that's so great. And it was just this like really nice little special moment at the finish line where I was like already sobbing because I was like, we did it, we finished. And it just made it like ever so slightly <laughs> more special. So it's like kind of a low quality zoomed in photo, but it's like one of my absolute favorites because there's just so much like love and history there that we didn't even, you know, register in the moment. That sounds like a, awesome. a great photo and kudos to your mom for being quick with the camera on that one. Yeah, well, they totally missed me at the half marathon and Absolutely. all of my half marathon finished photos are me turning around <laughs> trying to get their attention. So, but she made up for it at the marathon. <laughs> so they made okay. up for it the next day. <laughs> so awesome. with that in mind, Jenilee, what's your favorite part of any current Disney course? Ooh, my favorite part. I love running through Magic Kingdom. It just, there's some sort of adrenaline boost that once you get there and then you run by the castle and there's all the people, I think once you hit Main Street and all those people are there and you see the castle, it just gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling that Disney gives you and running all the way through Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that same infectious energy as like the New York City Marathon when you come off the bridge. (laughs) Except for like, there's a castle at the end and not another bridge. (laughs) (laughs) And not a hot. And not a highway off-ramp to Bay Ridge. (laughs) Not a highway off-ramp, exactly. (laughs) My favorite race course in general is the 10K course because I love World Showcase, but I love Boardwalk Beach Club. Like the two of them are like my favorite resorts on property. So anytime I can like run around the boardwalk and around the beach club, I'm like so excited. And it's fun to see who gets out of bed to, you know, stand out there at the boardwalk and the beach club to cheer which is always super fun. Like I know like the Harry Potter running club always stands at the boardwalk and like, and so that's my favorite part. And that's usually where I need some motivation because I ran too fast through World Showcase. As previously stated. As previously stated in my Emily's do not do this race strategy. Yes, yes. Things things not to do. I did the same thing because I really, I like the balance of World Showcase to Yacht and Beach Club with the 10K course. And also if you're fortunate enough to start in one of the earlier waves, you're going to do most of World Showcase in the dark, which is really special. It can make for some tough character photos, depending on if you're using PhotoPass or not, or if you're trying to use your cell phone. Hello, iPhone 7, not quite the greatest for that particular situation. But yeah, I have some watched out photos from World Showcase. But uh, definitely, and and that that section on the boardwalk is, is pretty excellent. So 
I guess if we were to flip it on its head and say, if you could race in any part of any Disney park, maybe even a park that doesn't have a race currently, where would you want to race and why, generally? I enjoy Animal Kingdom a lot. When we go there, like you see, they have some of the animals out in the beginning. And then I feel like you just fly through that park. But I enjoy walking through that park. It's got like a nice, a nice feel to it. And I feel like you go through that park so quickly that I would like to run more through animals. Maybe a diversion through Pandora. That could be cool. That could be cool. Yes. Which I still don't know where that is in relation to everything else in the park. Like I blindly followed my best friend into Pandora and I was like, I have no idea where we are. (laughs) That's when you get out the GPS on your phone and you're like, find my friend. Where do I go? I I was like, where are we? She was like, so we went this way and then we went back this way. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm going to take your word for it. (laughs) So just kind of bring all of this back home together. Both of you have showcased a tremendous amount of grit to to do these challenges and persevered even when it seemed like, you know, things were going to be tough for weather related reasons or training related reasons. So the big reward at the end of this, besides the character photos and the amazing experience are the big shiny medals. And we mm-hmm. love the big shiny medals. Jenna Lee, what is your current favorite Disney medal? I really like the Dopey medal this year. It's one of my favorites. It, it, I don't know, it just shines and it just means so much. The one from last year, Dopey signed. So Aww, I, I love that. <laughs> in my heart now. Um, because, yeah, it actually, the one in 2019, the back is just plain. And he signed it with a Sharpie. So it's kind of become, that one is my favorite medal. Even though it's a little more plain. Because Dopey signed it, it means even more to me. And I wish I could showcase it to where I could do both sides. But at this rate, I kind of just want to show his signature and not even the front. So that's kind of, I think that's my favorite, but that's because of that. I like the spinners. They're fun too. I totally agree with you. (laughs) Emily, how about you? What's your favorite Disney medal? I think, yeah, the ones that spin. So like the marathon medal from 2019, I love just because it says marathon. I'm like, yeah, I did another marathon. (laughs) And the goofy one from that year, Goofy's head like spins, like not around like the other ones, but it just like upside down, like you can just spin Dopey's or Goofy's head around. And I think that's kind of fun and very in the Goofy spirit. That's cool. That's really cool. I have to say, I really enjoy the mini 10K medal from 2018 because that that was a pretty one. They did a lot of like sort of glitter backgrounds that year and it's just the most beautiful red and it's got like a, um, a polka dot ribbon and I just adore it. It's just like, it's so bright and so shiny. And I remember feeling so good that morning after freezing my behind off the day before. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I can run it. It's, you know, and I'm not going to freeze. And everybody was like, were you out here yesterday when I was 19? I was like, yes, yes, I was. So yes. 35 feels like beach weather to me. <laughs> Very cool. The Floridians so, like melt down when the temperature drops below freezing because I remember that weekend getting warnings that were like beware of frostbite and hypothermia it was like guys it's not below freezing yet like you're all gonna be fine (laughs) although my favorite morning that I've ever heard we were on the bus going to one of the events and it was very cold that morning but certainly not as cold as it has been and the bus driver told us very seriously over the microphone that we needed to be very careful when we walked under palm trees because iguanas go into a form of stasis when it gets too cold and they fall out of the trees. And my mother just looked at me and she said, you mean we've come to Disney world and we could be knocked unconscious by a frozen iguana. And 
that was it. We were done. I was like, should we have helmets? Like, you know, just avoid the policies. <laughs> killer iguanas, killer frozen iguanas. Like how you traumatize your children falling iguanas. Which, by the way... We actually had that warning this year, not for the race, but the month you know, after that, we had that warning. Doesn't <laughs> it sound like something that should be about. on the list at, at Trader Sam's, right? Like the, the frozen iguana. Like it just seems like it should be a drink, a tiki drink. <laughs> you should well, pitch that. I'm, I'm definitely that. And then that's yet another podcast idea. Jenna Lee, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. We miss you here in New York, but we're Thank you for and and we're yeah, hopefully we will see you we will see you again uh, this coming January as we plan our full campaign at uh, at Dopey Twenty Twenty One. Woo! Yes, I'm in. I'm, I'm glad ready. you're ready because I don't know that I'm ready. <laughs> yep, never, never do it again. again. That one goes right out the window, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I said that many, many, many times on race day, marathon race day this year. I said, "Why did I do this? I'm never doing this again." And Afterwards, it's like, you know, I suppose we could do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Then you two both motivated me. I was like, oh, fine, let's do it again. I don't know if so much motivating is Mary just being like, I volunteered these people to run a marathon with me this year. I did, yeah. I straight up volunteered. I was like, you, 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 and you. Yep, everybody this way. We'll figure out what how many beds we need in the DVC and we'll go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dear listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And whether you have never raced in a Disney event or you're one of the several hundred perfectly dopey humans, we really hope you enjoyed our show. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Earful Runner. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online at earfulrunner.com or at earfulrunner on Instagram. Thanks. See you real soon. 